Oh, and welcome back to Wind Against Tide. We are live at the 60th BIA Melbourne Boat Show. Adrian Lutz here, Dave Standing, and we've got a special guest from uh, Mercury Australia, or Mercury, uh, Director of Sales, Dave Meehan. Thanks for joining us, guys. Anyone and anything could happen right now. Thanks for popping down, Joey. Good of you to come down after all the hard work has been done by me and Adrian, getting everything set up uh, as usual. But you look great and that's all that matters. You that's know what Joey did? The first thing he did was, oh, guys, I'm really hungry. I'm going to go order some food. And that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> typical Joe. Dave, so good to have you back on the podcast. It's been a little while. It's been a while. Good to be here, fellas. Yeah, thanks. So since you've been on, there's been a little bit happening. I think you've changed motor on your own boat. Um, I did. You, you went from the Pro XS back to the V6. Yep. And we we're going to ask you for some engine stats, some updates. What do you got? Can I, you liking can, it? That's all good. Yeah, no, it's been um, it's been good. I, I loved the V8 225 Pro XS. As you know, Dave, it sounds good, goes yeah. good, is good. But, um, yeah, I just – because I can, I, um, I originally had a V6 on it and I just felt that um, – I wanted a slightly quieter engine, and the V6 is a little bit quieter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's slightly better on fuel, probably save about five or six litres an hour, which is nothing. Yeah. Um, it was just a good match for my boat. So yeah. my boat, I've got a Haynes Hunter six metre. Yep. And um, the V6 is just perfect for that. Um, it's a 585, five, mate. Don't talk five. yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm very happy with it. It's been good. So. Yeah, awesome. But yeah. you don't get all the heads turning at the boat ramp when you start it. That's true. And uh, when I'm squid fishing and every time I start it up, it doesn't sound like that pro access, yeah. which is the only thing I miss. But You can always manually make that noise yourself. That's it. So do. You've got quite a turnout here from Mercury at the boat show. I think I've seen about 30 people walking around with Mercury shirts on. What have you actually got going on here? You've got uh, one main stand with your, your trailer with all the electronics. Yeah. I think he's piggybacked off all the uh, marine companies so he doesn't have to pay a cent. <laughs> Come on now. No, no, it was, um, I mean, we do have a good display of Mercury dealers here and how good is it to be back at a boat show? So um, Yeah, it's awesome. We've missed, um, I think, when I was with the Boating Industry Association, we've been planning a Melbourne boat show for the last three years. So it's really good to be back and the weather's held. It's nice weather down. It's hot as down here um, at the moment. So it's really good. It's very muggy. It is. It is. And um, yeah, so we've probably got about four or five Mercury dealers here, a couple of our boat builders, partners. So um, yeah, it's plenty of Mercury product, which is good. Yep. Who's, okay. uh, Dave, who's some of the boat um, people that you're here with? Um, yeah. Joey, you can't plug everyone. He's with twenty bloody marine companies today. Yeah, there's a there's a lot here, and it's hard to single a few out. So, but yeah, well, obviously he doesn't want to play favourites like a good daddy. Obviously, <laughs> their marquee branding partner for the show is Wind Against Tide. But there's some lesser stands dotted around the place that I've noticed have some Mercury brands going. What deals are going on? G'day, though? Mitch. Just saying, g'day to Mitch Carter Blanca on the live stream here. Good stuff, Adrian. So if people come up and find you, Dave, specifically. Yeah, so um, directing we did, everyone to Dave. We did bring the uh, Mercury trailer in here for a reason. So it's got there's a couple of guys from uh, Mercury head office there, um, and we'll be floating around our dealers as well in the in the nice blue shirts here. Yep. Um, so come and find one of us. But um, yeah, talk about engines, rigging. Uh, in our trailer, we've got all the different electronics um, gauges and displays and stuff like that. So if you're setting up a boat, come and talk to us, and we'll give you some advice. But Another big thing too, like we, um, you know, engines have been a little bit tight to get and they're starting to free up a bit now and um, 
One thing we have got is plenty of portables, portable outboards, so up to sort of 20 horsepower. We've got a really good promotion. It's um, some great prices on um, some select portable outboards. So Okay, awesome. Uh, come down. We've had heaps of people coming down. Um, they've seen the advertising and um, come in and ask us to buy one, so it's good. So the best thing about that is you can walk down here into Docklands, New Quay, and walk off carrying a motor, bolt it straight onto your car, and off you go home. There you go. Absolutely perfect. Have you got any 175 <laughs> Pro XSs? Adrian wants to know. Well, um, we can pull some strings, Adrian. We need to get you into one at some stage. Oh, well, let's year. make it happen. I know. Let's well, do it. Well, do you want to fill everyone in? What's well, the go, Adrian? I actually want to know, like for, this is a little bit off topic, but there's a lot of YouTube guys out there that are getting sponsor deals and stuff. What's the go with that? <laughs> how, how does a young kid who started a YouTube channel get a Mercury motor on his boat. Is that the green-eyed monster over there, <laughs> Mr. Jalous? No, I just want no. I just want to know. Like, there's many kids out there that want to know the process. Uh, Can okay. it happen? Well, I guess. I guess um, there's one thing about all the people we sponsor. They own their product, and it's authentic. They're not. We're not um, giving away products, and it's you know cash for comment. So um, that's one thing we like about what we do. And when you hear someone talk about their motor, they own it, and. Um, and it's a genuine discussion, so it's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's the way yeah, to go. That's fair. As with all, all our product, generally we try and pay for it. And yep, I'm I'm happy to buy my own things, and if I don't like it, I'll move on and buy something else and try something that I like. But yeah. if anyone would like to get a free Mercury, I, you message our show. I'll give you Dave's number direct. <laughs> give when, they're, call when they're giving away first, I'm first in line. So uh, <laughs> you've got to fight right. me. <laughs> He's got the quota already. So that leads us on to your boat build, Adrian, that's going on. The little 420 Renegade's getting upgraded. It's not getting upgraded. It's getting pushed aside and maybe sold to fund the new Mercury motor. Yeah, which um, is going on. Well, you're building a boat from scratch, Adrian, aren't you? Yeah, so it's a fully custom boat. It's made by a guy in Caram Downs called Steve's Custom Welding, and he makes his own plate alloy boats in-house. And basically you can make them however you like. He's got a hull that's, you know, engineered and designed and proven. They're all built into survey, um, self-draining decks. Yeah. And I can bolt um, a 175 Pro Access on a 5-metre tinny. So for, uh, you just led me into the next question perfectly. So you've got a five-metre tinny. Did you decide if it's going to be a hard top or an open boat? Joey, we love the, the casting experience. We, we, we just want to drive around and go, oh, there's tuna and quickly cast out any direction in the boat. So it's going to be centre console, ready to cast. And how long do you think it'll take um, to get this boat welded up and fitted out? Like, what's your timeline uh, look, on this boat? Look, if you help out and we work overnight, maybe a couple of days... <laughs> Joe's Wilds would be fantastic, I'd imagine. <laughs> so through the experience of you two, what are we predicting a top speed for this 5.2, 5.5-metre? 5.2-metre centre console. Um, how, four mil plate? Uh, four mil, I think maybe five mil bottom, <laughs> four mil sides. What, what I've got to have a look. Do you know what weight? The nah, I have no idea. So what that, are we thinking the, the Pro XS 175 is going to get you up to? And me. Well, I'm basing it on Jonah's 225 on his 18-foot boat. And he's getting 90k an hour, so I'm thinking I'm going to get maybe mid 90s to 100. What do you think, David? Uh, <laughs> good question. Um, no idea, to be honest. <laughs> I've got no idea. I'm going to call 90. 90. 90 would be good. If you get 90, that'd be a good. Out of a five meter, I think. Please don't let him go any faster. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Adrian being let loose with that much horsepower. It's a little bit frightening for the passengers. That's all right. We get places quick. We get it done. 
Yeah, that's right. Hey, if anyone's uh, watching the live feed here and they can come and find us while Dave's recording, we've got a nice shiny mercury drinking container thing over there. Oh, Joe's yeah. going to show the camera. Yep, yep. You come and find us, we'll give you one. There we go. Look at that. Mercury drink bottle. It's it's red, it's shiny, it goes fast. Perfect. <laughs> Someone, someone's <laughs> just uh, commented on the live stream here that they'll come pick up a V8 motor. <laughs> yeah, mate, just bring your spanners and... Knock it off one of those boats down there. That'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, it's portable, right? Sail on portable. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it out. <laughs> have you found the turnout for the weekend so far, Dave? I'm, I'm actually surprised. It's busy, isn't it? Yeah, there's, no. Uh, there's plenty of people around, and um, yeah, as long as this weather stays like this, it'll be good. Yes. As we talk, I feel a cold change coming now, through the studio. There was a bit of controversy happening yesterday morning around the Mercury stand. There was a dead... Uh, like someone's head just floating in the water. Is that you, yep. David? I heard there was. Um... Oh, Adrian, that's an ongoing investigation. <laughs> Is that for real? Someone? Yeah, they, yeah, they fished yeah. Someone out of the water here yesterday. Yeah. Wow. That's not police that, taped that, her in. You won't hear that on the six o'clock news. You've heard it here first. Wow. Yeah, no, it's uh, not a good start. Yeah. Dave, Dave's just trying to sell some merch here while we're live recording. Look, I'll do my best. If anyone wants to buy stuff on. Yeah, now, now Dave, Joey's actually in the market to buy his own motor for his little 420. Yeah. What is, have you got a Renegade? Um, no. I've got a uh, 2000 Quintrex Dory wide body, 4.2 metre. Yep. It's it's light, but um, it had a uh, Mercury Force, would you believe it? From oh, really? 19, 1998. I think the Hulls 2000, the motor was uh, 1998. Okay. It's a 40 horsepower, two stroke. Had the boat for 10 years. Done great. My dad and I, we part own it, and um, yeah, we, we enjoy taking it out. It's light. It's easy to launch, and um, yeah, we had we had some problems with it. We got the stator changed. We got the coils changed. And then you know the next like we spent a bit of money, and it's still not right. Okay. But um, yeah, we're going to be looking at repowering that. So. So you're thinking about something like a forty or a sixty-four stroke, a, a forty or a fifty. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'll put a sixty on it. You don't want to be underpowered, Joey. Yeah, you just uh, want to launch into the fish, basically. What, what's that boat rated to? What's maximum horsepower on it? Ooh, I'm, I'm I'll not say sure. fifty. Yeah, if it's yeah, a four twenty, it'd be fifty. But you know, you just change a few numbers on the motor, and you you're you're good to go. Yeah, so we'll be definitely pricing up that this Sounds weekend. Good. Sounds good. Yeah, that'll be good. Dave, I wanted to ask you. You like fishing as well, as boating. Uh, you when are you getting out for a fish next, mate? Look, um, I've. Decided to turn next weekend into a long weekend, so taking Friday and Monday off and uh, thinking about hitting up uh, Western Port on Friday to try and catch a snapper. Beautiful. I've been out once uh, a couple of weeks ago and got my first snapper, which was good. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, so, How big was it? Uh, it was, they're pretty small at the moment, up the top end, um, sort of around that Tenby Point Coronella area. So, um, yeah, haven't caught a big one yet. Yeah. Uh, well, if you gave me a phone call, you know, I'd probably take you out and get you onto a couple of five kilo reds, I reckon. There you go. But I think you're too ashamed of the colour motor I got on the back. Well, I can take you in my boat, though. So okay, that's yeah. That's okay. You're probably invited. a bit more comfortable, a bit more drier. You're invited, yeah. <laughs> hey, how good's an open boat, though? Like, you can't beat an open boat, like, my holiday down in Inverloch. And uh, my boat's probably a little bit of a handful down there with the tide and stuff, but I'd love to have an open tinny like that. It just right. makes, like, even squid fishing, it makes that so much more enjoyable because you don't have to cast at the back of the boat all the time. You can cast wherever you like, and yeah. it just makes it so much more enjoyable. I agree. <laughs> like on, uh, on Brendan's um, open tinny, he, he has the, the deck chairs out. That's like it's perfect. a perfect, it's a perfectly flat 
a surface. He's got the deck chairs out and you can you can cast off the front of it or if you want to turn it into a sort of sit and watch the rods at the back. Um, it's very, very easy to do that. It's pretty good. And even in winter, like, geez, you get some nice days in the middle of winter, like no wind, it's get, it gets a bit cold, but still, it's good. Yeah. Love, love the fresh it, yeah. air. Joe, you got any more questions you wanted to ask him about mercury motors? Oh, I, I just want to take a sidestep. Um, you, you mentioned to me before, uh, Dave, you're uh, interested in the – you joined the Caulfield Race Club. Oh, how have you, <laughs> you been enjoying the horse racing? He's, he's a punter. I'll tell you what, my mates have been pestering me for, um, for years about um, joining Caulfield Race Courses. Apparently it's the best value membership. It's 300 bucks a year or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I went to the Caulfield Cup, went to the, um, the one before. It was really good. Yeah? It's really social and, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit of a Caulfield nut. I won a couple of hundred bucks last weekend. Happy days. Yeah, Adrian's, uh, one of his little dreams is to become a professional gambler. He <laughs> well, mentioned that, on previous well, podcasts. That, that was just a joke, Joey. <laughs> just making jokes up. But uh, I actually don't gamble myself. I, I often think I'd go to the casino and put like 10,000 bucks on black on the roulette table, but I haven't done it yet. Chicken, maybe we should do that tonight, Dave. Put $10,000 on roulette. Mate, I just missed out. I've been selling apparel. Can't wait. Do I get a bonus for that? Uh, where, I've, what did I miss? Well, we're what talking about his professional punting career that he's joined up at the Caulfield Racing Club. $5, oh. $5 bet, so yeah. I'm, I'm a big big gambler. But I it? think when we left, Joe was getting a new motor. <laughs> what happened there? That's sorted. He's sold, yeah. I've yeah, what are we that. going? Um, 40 to 40, 40 50. or 50. Yeah, yeah something 50. like that. Getting it done this weekend? S- yeah. Send a console. How much? We'll just make that happen. We'll just make it happen. Oh, it's, just, old, it's just done. Yeah, sure wink, wink. <laughs> good joke. Hey, good deal, uh, good deal hey, for Joe. What, what's a ballpark for a 50 turnaround on a on an old boat? Uh, price? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I haven't got me priceless with me. So oh, couldn't tell you. <laughs> he knows in the back of his mind he's trying to think about how much money he's going to make from this sale. There you go. <laughs> Dave, who, who's your pick for Melbourne Cup, mate? Who's going to take out the Melbourne Cup okay, based so, off Caulfield? So I said um, I like the horse racing, but I, I, to be honest, I'm just a on-the-day gambler, so I'm just doing it for a bit of social fun and a couple of beers. So. All right, well, I'll ask a different one. <laughs> right. what, what do your mates reckon? Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> I, don't know. I haven't even studied it yet. So, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, Joe, what? how are you finding the food situation at the boat show? Oh, well, I'll give a little update on the food here. Um, we had a, a nice little takeaway shop right by our stand, and they actually ran out of bacon. <laughs> I, I went to go and order three bacon and egg muffins. I said, sorry, we're out of bacon, but we can actually upgrade you to smoked salmon. Hey, I did. So, I love the smoked salmon addition to my bacon and egg roll. Yeah, so we had a beautiful uh, smoked salmon and... Uh, Egg, cream cheese, English muffin for our morning tea slash brunch, if you'd call it. Well, what I gave mine to my wife, but I'm sure they were good. <laughs> you did. You donated it to what your about, wife like a good husband. What about the $50 lobster rolls? Have you had to go one of those Oh, yet? Joey loves That's the funny lobster rolls. That's funny you say roll. that. So, like, when I'm not uh, doing fishing, I play music. I'm playing at Grazeland just up the road uh, later on, and um, Crab and Claw has a fantastic lobster roll. There you go. I'll be getting stuck into one of them uh, later on tonight. Any of you blokes dive? Oh, look. <laughs> Dave's I, like a wet towel. I basically. have a couple. A few years ago, I was getting into it. I got all this, the staff, did a couple of uh, trips, and then um, just get preoccupied with fishing and podcasting ever since. But I really do want to get back into it. So Darren Moore, we've got to get him lined up. Our yeah. Victorian Territory manager just bought himself a, a unbelievable-looking boat, the yep. ba- Bass Strader, and um, 
he's going to apparently get us a couple of lobsters for. Um, Is that what he reckons? Yeah, a couple of apparently. raw lobsters. Well, I'll go with him and go on shark lookout. Wait, didn't you have a um? Oh, what do you call it? Snooper? What? what? <laughs> A hooker. A, a hooker. That's the one. <laughs> there you go. That's how much diving I That's do. That's an air compressor, everyone, by the way. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I've got this this machine that allows us to go under the water. And I've got this underwater breathing device, Joe. <laughs> no, but you needed a part for it. Yeah, you needed the regulator. Did, yeah, for look, we've never organised yeah. it. It's sitting in my shed and my wife's just like, why is this thing here? I'm like, it's $4,000 worth of equipment. Of hooker. I can't give it away. Hookers aren't, hookers aren't cheap. No. Air compressors aren't cheap, Adrian. <laughs> Hey, hey reliable we, Honda air compressors. We've got another special guest here. He's just going to come and just, uh, you know, musical chairs here. We've got, uh, if you guys were listening a, a couple of weeks ago to uh, Rob Bloomink, who um, his family used to organise the Mornington Tea Tree uh, Stapper competition. Uh, Rob, oh, you come can jump on. You can jump on with me. And, oh, yeah, yeah can, cool. Me, me and signing out. Oh, Dave's out. gone. Thanks, Dave. See you guys. Dave, nice to see you. I'm going to come see you for a lobster roll in a little while. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, so we, we've got um, the tea tree snapper waymaster here. Well, we've got uh, the son of the waymaster, but uh, Rob was uh, Rob was on a couple of weeks ago. He was telling us uh, about all the people that cheated in tea tree. Hey, Rob, uh, lovely to have you on. Uh, when you're speaking to the mic, we've got to speak nice and close. Just a quick little rundown no for us. How you going? Good, thanks, Chance. Yourself? Oh, pretty well. You just down for a cruise at the boat show, are you? Yeah, thought I'd take a sneaky little early knockoff and yeah. come and have a look at some boats. What are you thinking? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice. Like the outdoors. It's good today. I'm not sure how it's going to be tomorrow on Sunday. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. I think this afternoon, maybe. Hey, um, Brendan Wings doing a shout out to you, Robbie, <coughs> saying, hey, Robbie, how you going? What's going on, Winger? <laughs> Do you remember Winger, Winger's glorious tea tree moment? Uh, I, I remember Winger from before the glorious tea tree moment <laughs> when he was in the club. Oh, oh, really? He was in a club. What, what, yeah, he what used to be part of this club. This is how he knew these. Oh. What, 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 can you tell us about actually... Brendan Wing um, at the Mornington uh, Snapper uh, Tea Tree Comp? Uh, not a lot about the comp itself, but I knew him back before Great Grey Submarines when he was just a regular fisher like the rest of us, not a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, you, knew I, him, you knew him when he wasn't as vain, I guess. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite shocked that Brendan's actually gone to some sort of social club and talked to people. It's very out of character. Well, it's from back in the days where if you wanted to learn about things, you actually had to go outside the house and and yep. talk to people. You couldn't just jump online and Google, how do I catch this? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so he he did have that big moment in Tea Tree where he actually released a fish of 20 pound plus. Yeah, it was a big knobby from memory. And he reckons he would have won the uh, competition with that fish. Yeah. yeah. Would have won it pretty comfortably that year, I think. So that was a big that was a big moment to set that fish free, because <coughs> I believe that year there was a catch and release section. And was he the only one entered? I think. Uh, I don't remember that part to yep. be honest, but um, yeah, it, it would have won the fish, or yep. won the comp outright if he had boarded in. Yeah. Yeah. So really cool that well, he let that one swim. It was a very interesting time back then. I'm gonna maybe take a guess about 2006, 2007. Like to actually own a video camera. Um, to like film something was actually really, really expensive. Like now we're fast forward to 2022, you've got GoPros, you've got all these other really portable uh, cost-effective cameras. So yeah, I can see back then how it probably wasn't most appealing to bring a camcorder out and uh, go and try and film a snapper. Yeah, especially if you want decent footage. Like back then you were trying to run a five megapixel <laughs> little <laughs> Sony Sun and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that, right. they were you're, very good quality. You're filming with a potato basically. <laughs> Hey, Rob, I've got real, a question for you. Real blurry. 
Uh, you got a boat. Tell us a bit about your boat. Uh, I've got a Stacer 519 Easy Rider, so bow rider, 90 horse Honda 4 banger on the back, and um, I've decked it out with a casting deck and 80 pound 60 inch uh, motor guide electric and snapper axe on the back, so it's best of both worlds. Yeah, it's a good crossover boat, that. That's lovely. Um, what, what sort of fishing do you like to do with the electric? Uh, I've always loved my broom fishing with lures um, and I spent about two years up in New South Wales on the south coast chasing snapper with plastics and stuff like that so yep. something that I want to get into a ba- bit back here. Awesome, what's been your best snapper in the south coast of New South? Uh, the best one that I landed was probably about four and a half but I had one of my mates that I took out get one on just a tick under seven. Wow, have you done much of the snapper on lures in Port Phillip? Very, very limited. I've, yep. I've only been – I moved back just before COVID started, so – Yeah, okay. You know, pretty hard to get to the ramp when you're 5.8 k's from Karen. Yeah, unless you're Adrian and you just do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, w- I want to get down to the nitty-gritty moments of the tea tree competition. Like, what happens when someone actually cheated? Did you, ki- did you kick him out? <coughs> um, there really wasn't that many – that many options like very very early on uh, you had big prizes for the heaviest fish but for the majority of it like you have a look at year on year the fish that were winning the boats were three four five kilo fish it was just random captures so there wasn't sort of the only people that were trying to cheat were the people that wanted that glory of having the trophy which was like it was a cool trophy it was a hand carved timber snapper that was made by um, a, an old member of the club every year and it's a beautiful beautiful bit of kit but I don't know why you'd bother cheating to do that. Winger said you're a tiny, cute little fella. Oh, he remembers <laughs> you when you were. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this cute bit, but yeah, I was certainly small when I first met him. And I had another question for you, Rob. Now, your, your dad, he brought down quite a large boat from up in Queensland. Can you tell us uh, much about that? Well, first he bought a 40-foot boat from Sydney and then pulled it into the Hastings Marina and it was sat next to a 50-foot riv and he decided that he had boat envy, so <laughs> sold that and bought a 54-foot kingfisher and we bought that down from Queensland. That was pretty cool. Um, so I sailed it from the Gold Coast all the way down. How long did that take to sail it down from Queensland? Uh, including inclement weather. I think it ended up taking about three weeks, but if you had good weather and good steam, you could do it in just over a week. And we able to fish um, as you were sailing it down from Queensland? I would have loved to have towed some skirts, especially up that top sort of half, but um, it was a case of, yeah, wherever we pulled in for the night, we fished. Great. And, and have you taken it out on Western Port? Uh, it's pretty much a glorified caravan, to be fair, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. There's always a bigger boat, isn't there? Yeah, Sitting absolutely. in the marina next to you. Hey, Kamal has asked, I think we spoke about this when we had you on the phone, but he was just wondering why the tea tree comp has en- ended up. Why it's finished? Uh, because the majority of the people were running it are people like my old man's age, 68 years yeah. old, and they want to spend their time heading off north and enjoying their sunset. And there's lot, So Snapper Point Angling Club is the club that runs it, and um, I think I'm one of about five blokes that's in it that's under 40. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. And, yeah, there's, there's, there's just not enough people doing it. Like my old man pretty much from day dot was head of sponsorship. Then my mum was pretty much running the uh, the entries and then my brother took on the Waymaster's role when he was 21, 22. Yeah. He's now 38. Yeah. Um, so he was sort of running that and, yeah, when you've got the same people doing it year in and year out, it gets gets pretty yeah. tired when you're doing all the work yourself. Yeah, it becomes a burden and then, yeah. So if, if anyone does want to get that up and cranking again, you got to join up the Snapper Point Angling Club and uh, put your hand up. Well, do you, re- you, do you honestly reckon a... Uh, a weighing 
fish comp will actually make its day in this age today. Like, probably. And make a return. <laughs> I think it probably would. There's a lot of people that seem to miss it. Um, obviously, it'd be great to see maybe a little bit of a tweak on the rules to maybe promote a little bit more catch and release or... Yeah, because a lot, a lot of comps these days, they have their own printed brag mats for the comp and you've got to take That's a right. photo of it on on yep. the comp brag mat and then you release it and it's the longest fish that wins. So yeah. it's pretty hard to cheat when you've got comp regulations in it. Oh, you're pretty good with the camera. You could get some <laughs> work some angles. Well, I, th- I think you've got to have a certain angle like straight above it. <laughs> yeah. Look, what I just sort of picked up from what Rob was just saying then, if you're organising a significant fishing competition, like I'm sure you know, gaining the sponsors and all of that, that that could be, you know, a year-long thing. And, and I think the reason why it was so successful because it definitely had a huge prize pool um, and that would attract a lot of people, no doubt. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah, definitely. So mum and dad were pretty fortunate. They ran their own business. Um, so they were sort of from April, May every year dedicating at least one day a week to to trying to do stuff towards tea tree, whether it was contacting sponsors, um the old man was really good at sort of being pretty regimented and he had like welcome back forms and would you like to contribute again and all those sort of things that were sent out periodically and um, towards the end he had a team of guys helping him on the sponsorship side of things so it wasn't as big a burden Um, but again they were guys who ran their own businesses so could sort of pencil a bit of time away without uh, having to annoy a boss. Great I've got to ask you what in your opinion, from what maybe you can remember as a young fella, what would have been um, maybe your favourite year of tea tree? Because look, I'll just go back again. Um, I used to remember, I used to watch, uh, read the Herald Sun newspaper reports, and you know they used to say, oh, you know, X amount of snapper were caught, you know, nine hundred snapper were caught over the over the weekend. What do you think was the best year of tea tree that you can remember? Well, there's, there's lots of different reasons they were good. My, my personal favourite was the year that I caught the most fish because <laughs> who doesn't like catching fish? We had, um, we had a Friday afternoon where we were on the water at half past five and we were back at the ramp by 7.30 and we boated 30 fish. So uh, Port yeah. Phillip so or Western Port? That was Port Phillip um, in like 19 and a half metres. We were cruising along and we just saw this blanket of red about five metres deep go through the screen and drop the pick and before our second bait was on the rod the first one was already going off it was absolute chaos so from a fishing side of things that was that was definitely my favorite um and how long did they bite for when we left them biting we went we've caught enough like all we're going to do is kill fish we don't want to kill if we keep staying out here so we had our had our three for weighing in and decided we'd get back beat the beat it all and um being that we were pretty heavily involved we were only able able to fish the friday evening because friday morning was setting up at the uh, at the event, and then Saturday morning we were there from seven, getting everything ready as well. So um, it was nice that we had a good bite window when yeah. we were actually able to fish. Yeah, you grew so you grew up on Port Phillip Bay. What would be your preferred bay for snapper nowadays? Uh, if I want to catch large numbers, Port Phillip. If I want to enjoy my fishing, definitely Western Port. I think it's a much more diverse fishery. Absolutely, the amount of species and size that you can get in Western Port basically trumps Port Phillip Bay. Yeah, wow, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Every year I see a few big snapper coming out of Port Phillip. No, but I'm talking mullet. about like like giant mulloways and stuff. Like you don't yeah. like it's a big fishery for Western Port, not <laughs> as big in Port Phillip. Um, I don't know what it is about tea tree, but it, there's always some weird weather events going on. I can recall one year 
Um, and I think you were out as well, Adrian. Nine hundred ninety. The barometer was. The, yep, the barometer dropped to nine ninety. Snapper bit their heads off. Everyone I knew on the water just was reeling them in hand over fist, and then just bang! This front of wind hit. Must have been forty knots plus. Yeah. And the ramps were absolutely <laughs> mayhem. And it was a real low tide too, so there wasn't much water at Stony Ramp. So everyone yeah. just pushed themselves onto the bank. It was bumper boats. Yeah, it, was, it definitely was. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think we were fishing up north of Hastings that year. Yeah. It was absolutely spastic. I, uh, I had to pull manually pull in the anchor on our little 16-foot boat and got absolutely drenched. I think, think I had about one inch square on my left hip that wasn't wet. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. What was the biggest snapper that you saw in your time organising tea tree? Uh, the actual tea tree comp, I think one year one won it. There was about 11.4 or something like that. Was that Eric Morgan? Um, possibly. Caught up at Lysart's there? I think it was. Oh, possibly, yeah. 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 Yep. I remember seeing 11 kilo fish um, yeah, on the ice. Um, at, mm. That was back when it was at Snapper Point yeah. in, the, in the marquee. Back, back when it was at the at the oval at the top of the hill at Morning Yeah, yep. okay, yeah. I was there. I, I, I much preferred, like, from a from a fishing comp perspective, what's better than having it with views of the bay looking over the water oh, right perfect. next to the ramp. It was really cool. Oh, but magic. It, yeah, it, it just got too big. There was there was no room for it anymore when the comp grew and then we got the opportunity to hold it at the uh, Mornington race course where there was massive amounts of parking so people could take their boats and trailers and they didn't have to go home. So it, it logistically made a hell of a lot more sense being there. Yeah, that's a perfect location. Oh, oh, it make me sad. I miss I miss the tea tree. It was just it was so good. It's nostalgic, isn't it? Yeah. Comps in general are a bit lacking in Victoria. To be fair, like apart yeah. from you've got reel it in trying to do some brim and flathead at the moment, but then you've got the Vic brim comps and yeah. Apart from that, you've got a couple of little game bits here and there, but really not much. Um, like up on the New South so New South Wales coast, you've got three or four different brim tournaments that are running. You've got a couple of different flatty tournaments, and then. Um, heaps of game tournaments like every every sort of month or two there's a different one running there somewhere yeah I think it's the same old story of not enough people putting their hands up to help absolutely but a lot of people just saying um, that having those snapper comps was were very motivating for new fishers and I absolutely agree with that because it can put a spring in your step thinking oh I could win this major prize um, and uh, perhaps that would bring more new anglers <coughs> into the fishing game and create more hype around fishing well, I think it's an event on the calendar for people to aim at too. They can book it a long way out, get it over the line with their partners. And it, it's <laughs> nice and easy because it was always like there was no when's it going to be. It was always cup weekend. So yeah, there was, that's right. It wasn't changing based on yeah. moon cycles or anything. It was and just. Tra- yeah, traditionally that's a weekend a lot of families go away because you get about four days off. And so it just leaves the diehard fishermen. <laughs> and remarkable how many times it turned up really big fish yeah. uh, over that specific weekend. I, mean, I think it's just like you have a look at we always sort of worked as when the tea trees started to flower that's when you started to look at snapper fishing but Rob that, that, that sort Robbie. of start of November seems to be a really good time when the bites more often than not, not the water temperatures at a pretty good time that you're getting solid bite windows not just half hour nibbles yeah it, it, they flick the switch so looking through forward to the, the rest of this year what are your fishing plans you gonna get out on the snapper very much or uh yeah i've actually taken melbourne cup week off i had to work the thursday friday of grand final so two days annual leave and i get a nine day break so plenty to do a power of fishing in that there that's power awesome. fishing bit of a pun there is it <laughs> power fish ah okay willem <laughs> adrian loves the puns yeah I what, do. what are your plans adrian over the long weekend 
I haven't actually decided yet, but I reckon I'll, get, I'll put in an effort for at least one snappy trip if the weather's good. Yeah. So I love the nighttime midnight sessions. There's always big fish just lurking around in the midnight. What do you reckon, Dave? So it's coming towards that time of year where I'll actually tolerate being out at night. So I might join you. You never know. Yeah, get the barbecue fired up, the Weber, a couple of lamb chops and a couple right. of snags and we'll be loving life. What are you thinking, Joe? You got plans? You got gigs? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be trying to get a snapper over the over the long weekend. Um, yeah, Adrian's just fully given me food envy with his um, perfectly processed snapper, snow white flesh. I'm still... <laughs> salivating over some snow white snapper flesh because yeah, we're, we've, we've fallen in love with, or me personally, I speak to myself, we've fallen in love with eating snapper again. We never used to be very good at uh, cooking it, but in recent years we've uh, all spoken to each other and, uh, yeah, we really enjoy eating snapper these days. Hey, Joe, we've got a uh, one of Adrian's good fishmonger friends is bringing in free snapper, right? We're going to have a filleting contest, me, you, Adrian, and we're going to weigh the, the frames... <laughs> and see how much meat yield is left on them. Oh, no, I'm not entering that. I'm, a, I'm, home, I'm hopeless. I just really like to see your fielding technique because no matter what happens, it seems like you squirm out of fielding fish. I reckon Toto gets to do all your fish at home. Yeah, my dad is an excellent fish processor. But, Dave, you'd be proud of me like a proud dad. I told you I did so well with tuna. Like when those school tuna were biting earlier on in the year and there was just lots of them, hey, you catch lots of fish and you... Practice makes perfect. <laughs> but I haven't caught enough snapper to get good at filleting them yet, so. <laughs> I remember I took you uh, fishing for the for the barrels and you caught a school fish, fish and you're like, Dave, I just want to keep one. I'm like, that's fine, mate, but I'm not touching it. <laughs> so I was driving along still searching for a big fish and you're there on the deck of the boat and I'm giving you verbal instructions and, mate, you did a bloody ripper job. You got that fish iced down and in the esky. Yeah, I did. I did a good job. I actually slit my wrist. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're still carrying he's, injuries. He's, he's slicing his wrist because he thought about all the torment that he couldn't live any longer about processing a fish. So that was in he's April. trying to take his life. That was in April. I'm going, gee, I thought it would have <laughs> healed up a I, bit I didn't even know me. that. Did you hide that from me from embarrassment? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, what's your comment? No, no I nicked, I, I, I must have nicked something on my wrist and it, look, it, it wasn't bleeding so much so I didn't think to talk about it. Fair enough. Um, so did we want to put a bit of a shout out to anyone that's still at the show to come in and see us? Absolutely, well. Go on, Joey, do make do the advertising. Well, you, Dave, you've, Dave and Adrian have lined up some mega guests for later on this afternoon. Um, who have we got planning to pop in and have a chat? Oh, we've got, mate. We've got Andrew from Escape Fishing, ET Fishing. Wow. He's Not, coming in at three. He's coming in at three. And then at four o'clock, we have Lee Rayner from Fishing Edge. And so one of you fishing <laughs> tutorials yes. on YouTube. He's going to come in and have a chat to us. And we've got Robbie the Waymaster in now. And we've got Robin, which is a nice surprise. So thanks for coming on. It was really good to catch up with you and you're welcome on at any stage. And no worries at all. Maybe we'll go out for a fish. Yeah, might have to try and uh, set up a bit of a film on the uh, mothership. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. We'll just on, on the floating caravan, that yeah. sounds great. Might that, camp that's the way to fish at night where you can have three fridges and a couple of TVs on board. <laughs> I'm Wait into that. for a bite, sit there watching a 40-inch 40, 40 plasma. Is that why Warren Carter's got a big boat now? 
He just gets to put his yeah, stuff of rods out and puts the roast chook on. And well, apparently he just goes to sleep and waits for a reel to go off. Yeah, the Why older not? you get, they reckon you become fair weather fishermen. Instead, my old man just got a boat that it doesn't matter what the weather yeah. is. It still well, feels the weather like it's becomes fair, fair when yeah. you've got a bigger boat, doesn't it? Yeah. That's definitely a pattern because Wingers bought a uh, 702 metre. Um, is that my son squealing? <laughs> it's, a, it's a 702 <laughs> signature. Signature. And we have affectionately nicknamed it the Homer. <laughs> yes. I don't know if anyone watches The Simpsons, but when Homer Simpson created his own concept car and it was like really <laughs> nicely shaped, it had like the bubble windscreen and like it, there wasn't a flat square surface on it. This signature is reminiscent of that, I feel. So we've, we've called it the Homer, which Brendan absolutely loves. Are, are you calling his boat ugly? <laughs> It's a acquired taste, I suspect, that boat. <laughs> but anyway, I think he's bought that because it's basically got a giant bed in it and he's just going to park it on the Mulloway and go to sleep. Why not? Yeah, if Why you're going to spend it? 10 hours waiting for one bite, you might as well be comfortable. That's right, absolutely. We're, we're sick of wearing ponchos in the rain waiting for that bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stick to the Edencraft in the nighttime cold trips, I think, Adrian. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, do we want to wrap it up for that little yeah, recording no. segment? Thanks for coming on, guys. Oh, Wind Against Tide tap Snapper Comp. Oh, maybe we'll forward. have a Snapper Comp, a Wind Against Tide Snapper Comp. Well, we already do one most weekends, so maybe <laughs> we'll formalise it. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. perhaps. Thanks for coming on, Rob. We're going to wrap up for... And you know what? We'll get Rob to be the official waymaster if we ever have a Snapper Comp. <laughs> oh, yeah, what do you reckon like about that, Rob? Sure, why not? Sounds like he loves doing all the admin and he misses it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. we're going to come back at 3 p.m. with E.T., Andrew Eddinghausen, and thank you to everyone at the show walking past right now. Good stuff. Thanks to Dave Meehan too. Thank you very much. Thanks, boys. Mm-hmm.